as some of you here will be aware from conversations that I've had with you, one of the things that I find difficult about having children at school is when they have days when they need to dress up for something, special days. don't know whether anyone else has ever found this difficult in their lives. It's usually related to World Book Day at the moment, where you dress up as your favourite character out of a book. But it could also be, as we've had in the past, Roald Dahl Day, where you dress up as your favourite Roald Dahl character, because that's easy. There's been Stone Age Day for mine and Egyptian Day, or there could be any number of other days where you are required to dress up if you're a child who goes to the school. And it's hard for me because this is not one of my strong areas of life. And so I find it very difficult. I struggle to find something spotty when it's children in need day. And that's not hard, is it? And I even find it difficult to find a good pair of jeans when you have jeans for jeans day, as they do down at the primary school. So dressing up is a bit of a stress for me because I know that when you turn up at school, there'll be those children who are, like, really wonderful, you know? Whereas my child will have, like, a Velcroed spot stuck to their back if I had a chance to catch them before they went out the door. You know, that kind of thing. I'm not really very good at this. And I think it goes back to when I was at school. I don't think it was one of my mum's strong points either. And um, I don't know whether I've told you, but when I was in infant school, I was picked as one of the people to interpret a dance, there was quite a few of us, along to the Ugly Bug Ball. And uh, I was picked to be a cricket in the Ugly Bug Ball. And we were to perform it in front of everyone at our infant school. But then, I don't know why, we then went to this big concert in Birmingham. Birmingham in the concert hall or something like that. And we had to perform it in front of lots of other schools. And so everyone was a little bit nervous about this. And you had to dress up, obviously, because you were in the Ugly Bug Ball. And I had to dress as a cricket. And there three of us... And a few days before, my mum was like, oh, you need to dress as a cricket. This is what I do now. Oh, no, it's you know, Stone Age Day. And she said, oh, OK. She rummaged through the drawers and she found me a pair of brown tights and a brown roll neck. And she put it on and she went, brilliant, there you go, that'll do. So I put it, I thought, oh, great, cricket. Put it in a bag, took it to school, turned up, got changed, turned round... And the other two people who were crickets were dressed in these wonderful green outfits that had all embroidery on and and stuff. And when they opened their arms, these wings came out. And I was horrified and embarrassed as I dressed in my brown tights and my brown roll neck. And, you know, I just felt a little bit inadequate, if you like. I felt like a second-class cricket... And in fact, I think they treated me like a second-class cricket. I had a special role to play, different to them. I think it's because I looked a little bit, you know, different. And if I'd have known the word at the time, I was only an infant, if I'd have known the word, I think I would probably have said that I felt a little bit inferior to the other crickets, dressed in my brown tights and my brown roll neck. You had to see me. Maybe I'll find a picture one day. Maybe I won't. But sadly, you know, that's not the only time that I've felt inferior around other people. There have been many other occasions in my life where I've felt slightly inferior to those around. Whether it be 
through things that I have worn to something that's not quite right, or things I've said, or the way that I have viewed others, or sometimes because of the way that people have viewed me and the assumptions that they have made about me. But whatever it is, there have been numerous times when I have felt a little bit inferior. And in each case, it's never been good because relationships that are based on superiority are never really right. Which I guess is why Paul writes this letter to the Corinthian church. I guess it's why he writes this passage that we read today. You see, within the church in Corinth at the time that Paul was writing, there were a lot of things going on. There were a lot of unhealthy practices, if you like, within the church. And many of these things that weren't right came down to the fact that within the church of Corinth, there was a sense of superiority. There was a hierarchy. And not in an organised, structured fashion that had been specially created, but rather in a way where one person or a group of people within the church had set themselves up as superior to those around them whether it be because of their social standing in the community or their perceived wisdom in the things that they said or their allegiance to certain apostles. There seemed to be a group or groups of people within the church who were revered more than others were. And one of the reasons that they were held as more special or more important was because of the perceived spiritual gifts or spiritual things that they had acquired those things of God which seemed supernatural, that set them apart as people who were special, people who were different, people who were more important than everyone else in the church. The green crickets, if you like, as opposed to all the brown crickets that were around them. And so Paul, here in chapter 12, writes to the church about these spiritual things which are causing a problem. And he writes to put people straight. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Or if you like, I do not want you to be wrong about spiritual things, about spiritual people, about the spiritual gifts that God has given. And so he begins by making it clear who can have these spiritual things. He begins by setting out exactly who it is who has the Spirit of God. And he starts by making it clear in no uncertain terms that it's not just those who seem spiritual. It's not just those who have gifts. It's not just those who do certain things in the church or profess certain knowledge who have the Spirit of God within them. Even the pagans, he says, when when you were pagans, were led astray to dumb idols, they could have spiritual experiences too. It's not just people in the church who had them. The Spirit of God is not something to be recognised by a certain gift or by a certain position or by a certain experience of spirituality. That's not what shows a person to be filled with God's Spirit. No, says Paul, instead, it is those who can say, Jesus is Lord, who have the Spirit of God. Or if you like, it's those who follow Jesus. It's those who have given their lives to him. It's those who seek to walk with him every single day. It is everyone who has given their lives to God and now lives for him who has his Holy Spirit. And some of these people may not say much in church. Some may not have had many spiritual experiences. Some may not have followed God for very long. But if they profess 
Jesus as Lord, says Paul, if they have become Christians, to use the most basic language possible, then they have the Spirit of God dwelling in their hearts just as much as those who are deemed to be spiritual. Because, you see, in the Church of God, or if you're in the body of Christ, as Paul says in the following verses, each one of you is a part of it. There's no place for superiority. There are no people who are more spiritual than others. There's no hierarchy, and there's certainly no spiritual hierarchy. There are not people who have the spirit and people who don't. There are not people who are practical and people who are spiritual. There are not people who can have access to spiritual things and other people who can't. There are not those who can experience the things of God and those who are far from them. Because in the body of Christ, in the church of God, there are just children of God. Those seeking to follow their father. And if people are children of God, says Paul in the letter to the Galatians, then God sent the spirit of his son into their hearts. Which means that in the church of God, everyone, everyone who professes Jesus as Lord has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within their hearts. And therefore everyone is equal because they're all spiritual people. Or as Paul says here, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. There is no superiors or hierarchy, because each and every single person is special. Do you know, when we lived in London, Simon used to work in a company called Pecan. She did a lot of different things, working with people, helping them to um, be employed in jobs, lots of various different things, and there were lots of different roles within PCAM. It was quite a big organisation at the time, and um, there was the CEO, right down to people who were cleaners and things like that. And one of the things that was very different and very special about PCAM when Simon worked there was that every single person who worked at PCAM got paid exactly the same amount of money. So the CEO got paid exactly the same amount of money as one of the junior managers, as one of the cleaners, as one of the people who did things that no one even recognised. Everyone got paid exactly the same amount of money. And people outside of the organisation were like, well, that's bonkers, that's madness. Because the CEO has much more responsibility than you know, the person who cleans the building or, or the person who just just in charge of one other person. But the man who ran it was adamant that this was the way it should be because this is a different organization it's a christian organization it's one where we want to show in as many ways as we possibly can that everyone is valued that everyone is equal that it doesn't matter what you're doing within that organization we recognize that you work as hard as everyone else and so we will pay the same amount of money You don't find many places, if any, that do that. But, you know, I think this is what Paul is saying here in this passage, that in and among a culture where people were not deemed to be equal, and certainly not treated in that way, Paul is adamant that in the kingdom of God, things are different. Because in God's kingdom, everyone is special. 
Everyone is equal. Everyone has the Spirit of God. Everyone is loved and valued and gifted by him. This is the way it works. But alongside this, even though everyone is of equal value and equal worth, spiritual human beings under God, they are also not the same. As Paul goes on to say in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God who works. Or if you like, even though everyone is a child of God and has the same spirit within them, following the same Lord and worshipping the same God, they do not have the same gifts to show in their lives. And they do not all have the same spiritual experiences to share. For instance, one person, says Paul, might be given the message of wisdom That might be their spiritual gift, while another could be given the message of knowledge. They're both from the same Holy Spirit of God, and to be honest, they do sound very, very similar, but they're different, and they're given to different people. Some people might have the gift of faith. Some might have the gift of healing. Some might have the gift of miraculous powers or prophecy. Some might have the gift of distinguishing between spirits or speaking in different tongues or interpreting tongues. Some, he says further on in this passage, will be apostles. Some will be prophets. Some will be teachers. Others will have the gift of helping or guidance. They will all be from the very same spirit of God that dwells within each and every child's heart, but they will all be very different. Some may have gifts that are not mentioned in this passage, which doesn't mean that they're any less important. Because the aim of these gifts is not to create hierarchy where some are superior to others. But rather the aim of the gifts of this one Holy Spirit are designed to create community where each is valued and celebrated and loved. A vibrant, diverse, living community whose purpose is to live out the life of God here on earth. That, says Paul, is what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for. Not superiority, not hierarchy, but so that the life of God can be made visible among us. It makes me think of when I went into John Lewis before Christmas. And I don't know whether any of you saw this, but they had a Quality Street stand in John Lewis. And... You know, Quality Streets are great because you get lots of different sweets in Quality Streets. But this stand, you could have, like, they had just one lot of sweets. So they had the green triangles in one tube and the purple toffees with the nut in in another tube. And what you could do was you could get the empty box of Quality Streets and you could just fill it with one chocolate. Yeah, I know. I know. So I looked at this stand, because, you know, it's chocolate, and um, I was thinking, ooh, I could get the green triangle, because I love the green triangle. That must be my favourite. Anyone else like the green? Yeah, Pat likes it. Well, I wouldn't have shown it to you then. um, I thought, great, I might just do that. But, you know, I kept walking past, I'm in an orange, and then I thought, well, no, actually... I'm not really sure that I would want to do that. I love the green triangle, but a whole box of them, I don't know whether, you know, I'd really enjoy that. Because 
what makes quality streets quality streets or you know celebrations celebrations or roses roses or any type of those things what makes them what they are is that when you open the tub they're not all the same You've got a box of loads of very different things. And what makes them what they are is that when you open the tub, they're a vibrant mass of colour. There's not just one shape, one colour, one chocolate, but you're like, wow, look at all that. They're so different and it's so wonderful. And yes, you know, you rifle through to get your favourites, don't you? And you squeeze to see if they're soft or hard and leave the squeezed ones. Do you not do that? But, you know, everyone does that. Everyone rifles through to get their favourites. And you soon find that if you open a box of quality streets, that you've got a whole crowd of people gathered around trying to pick out the ones that they like. And, you know, I believe that this is the kind of picture that Paul is painting here about what the Church of God is intended to be like. Essentially, it should be a place that is like God. One that is full of vibrance and energy and life and light. A place where God can be seen in various and varying ways. But it should also be a place where everyone is valued. Where everyone is noticed. Where everyone is seen and loved and encouraged. Where everyone is equal under the God who created them. It should not be a place where the few are picked as special. And others look on in admiration or dismay because it's not them. It should not be a place that reflects the culture in which we live. Instead, it should be a place that transforms our culture. Where people don't dismiss the Church of God because it is one-dimensional and bland, but rather where they gather to see it because it is full of life and colour and shapes within it. It's alive, it's real, it's attractive. And, you know, I think for us in our day and our culture and our village, this can sometimes be quite a challenge to live out the vibrance of God in our setting. But I believe it's one that if we take heed of the words of Paul can also be quite possible. Because this passage is a passage that urges each and every one of us in the family of God to recognise who we are to recognise that we are spiritual people. Not to sit back and feel inadequate or push forward and feel invaluable, but to recognise and practise the truth that it is not just the few, but it is everyone, everyone who has given their lives to God and now lives for him, who has the Holy Spirit dwelling in their heart. And to realise that this is the level playing field from which we all begin. It's not a culture of hierarchy or superiority, but it's a place of acceptance and equality. And that therefore, in the family of God, not only do we have the Holy Spirit of God, but every single one of us has been gifted by the Holy Spirit as well. We may not know yet what those gifts are, And we may not have had the courage to use them before, but if we know God and we follow him, we certainly have these gifts that we can use. And if we find the courage to use them in a place of equality, where we accept and encourage and nurture each other, as if we all are equally valued, then I really do believe that we will be a step closer 
to living out the kingdom of God here on earth, that we will be that vibrant, living community that people desire to join and be part of, where God is seen and God is experienced.